You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. It's interesting, right? Uh, This whole new dynamic. Hopefully, you're at least trapped, depending on your family, I guess. I was going to say, hopefully, you're at least trapped with some family members inside of your home right now so that you're not feeling totally cabin feverish and completely isolated like some people I know. But it's interesting. This is like... This is like one of the the most interesting social experiments that I've ever participated in in person, right? The internet has never been more entertaining. Of people entertaining themselves and the rest of the world from no place other than their home. I mean, talk show hosts are doing their talk shows from their living room or their basement. And there are videos of people speed cleaning, like timing themselves to unload the dishwasher and trying to do it in a minute. It's like human nature to find some kind of creativity or artistic approach to any situation. So the more bored our minds get, the more insane our creations get, as is evidenced by the internet and YouTube, which I happen to be really enjoying. I love it when you can find some humor and some kind of entertainment in the midst of what is obviously a horrible pandemic. Myself, as I record this right now, it's late. It's nine o'clock. People are taking their baths. This is the best time that I've been able to find today when people aren't in a very spread out manner, like in their own rooms doing something or doing their schoolwork because the girls each have their own little uh, desks that they set out. One's in the living room, one's in their bedroom, and then I have Matt in our bedroom. Um, And we're running out of rooms to be able to go and isolate uh, where there's not a total echo. So I can't really do this in the kitchen, but we're making it work, right? So it's nine o'clock and my view right now is of my living room which has been transformed into a giant fort by my youngest daughter, who's basically been living in the living room. They've Everybody's kind of staked their claim on their own zone, and my daughter has chosen to take over the living room, and she's turned our sectional L-shaped couch into what is now a giant, pretty cool fort. It's actually pretty cool. The middle has like a pole in it. So it's kind of dipped up tent style, kind of like a circus style, if, if you can get a visual with me. Um, the door that she has is actually a beach towel, but it's it's got a, a mop in it so that it swings open and closed, kind of like an actual door would. She really went all out. And she's had to build this thing a couple of times because every time somebody comes in to watch a movie in the living room, we tell her she has to take it down. She has to share the common space and then she puts it right back up. So, you know, things are weird, right? Things are weird kind of anywhere you look. Um, so I, I say all this because today's topic is how do you keep things clean when you're sharing your home with so many other people? And geez, like you may have more people than just your kids and your significant other. You might be sharing a loving space right now with extended family members or in-laws or grandparents or who knows, and it's going to be okay. All right, let this be your time. If you haven't taken the time today to just take a deep breath, let it out, just kind of let go. You don't have to 
be on top of everything. Everything doesn't have to be totally under control. The world is chaotic. All right. It's okay if you feel like things are a little bit chaotic right now because they are. So things in your home also don't need to be some perfect display of beauty and perfection. And if it makes you feel any better, at least you're not going to be having any visitors anytime soon, right? So I'm going to go over some of the the things that I have that you can do to help keep things clean to at least give you that edge because of course, we still want to be happy inside of our spaces. We still want to feel like we're able to breathe and move around and it's going to be easier to do that if you're not like having to step over stuff all the time and push things out of the way and things aren't really just piling up and getting cluttered and not being taken care of. You know, of course, part of your self-care and part of maintaining this habitat that you're stuck in right now is to make sure that you have some kind of systems or some kind of rules of thumb in place. And there are some things that via trial and error, I've found have really worked well for myself and my kids and my space. So I want to share those with you. You can, as always, take what you will, leave what you what doesn't work for you. Um, you may have children who are of different ages and need to, you know, come up with your own experimentation and, and share it with other people. So, you know, just coming into this with the acknowledgement that everything isn't going to be perfect and that's okay. You don't have to keep everything clean. I have made peace with the fact that there's a giant fort in my living room. And actually, I kind of think it's cool what I walk by. Now, maybe if it was an ugly fort (laughs) or like just looked like blankets hanging from the ceiling or the couch or something, maybe then I would have to step in. But since it looks good, I'm okay with it. But, you know, those are the kind of compromises that you have to make. Yeah, it's not normal. It's not the usual look that I have going on in my place, right? But it is acceptable for where we are right now. And so if you think along the lines of that, is this acceptable for where I'm at right now? It may not be the way it always is. It may not be perfect. Um, There may be some things that have to be kind of moved around or manipulated or adjusted just for a temporary time. And that's okay. It's the way it is. So the first thing that I feel like it's always a really good general rule of thumb if you have a family or if you're just in general sharing a space with another human being, you have to have boundaries, right? So the first one is kind of based on that, but it's about zone defense. I like to use zone defense, especially when it comes to delegating or dividing chores or tasks or responsibilities between my two daughters. And so Um, we've even started expanding on that a little bit here lately. So it used to just be, you know, maybe we would divide the rooms. Somebody would do the kitchen, somebody would do the living room. For a long time, we've had this whole flipping a coin or picking a number type of system. We like a lot of games in this house. So you'll notice that a lot of the stuff that we do is sometimes catered around in somewhat of a game format. So we're okay with taking chances. We're okay with luck flipping the coin. Sometimes one person will get unloading the dishwasher like six times in a row and they'll get a little hurt about it. But for the most part, it ends up it ends up being a balanced system. So they'll flip a coin or pick a number for who's unloading and who's loading. Um, and that's one type of zone defense. But but really where we started expanding on that is in the kitchen. So now whoever loads the dishwasher has to clean the counter where the dishwasher is located 
and whoever unloads, which is the coveted job that everybody always wants is the unloading job, has to do the other counter. Because our layout of our kitchen has two counters that are parallel to each other, and they're about the same length. And so it ends up being fair that whoever is going to be loading the dishwasher and, you know, likely will be making a mess with the water at the sink and all that good stuff is responsible for cleaning that counter while the other person does the opposite counter. So that's just one example of of assigning zones so that everybody knows exactly what they're responsible for. And that way, you know, they can feel like, okay, as soon as I get this checked off, as soon as I take care of my zone, I'm done and I can go on about my business. It doesn't feel like some open-ended thing. And so I found that they're much more likely to follow through with keeping up with that. And it helps you to identify the culprit when something doesn't get done, right? So um, zone defense, you know, it can work in different ways. I used to have a roommate who sucked at doing the dishes. I mean, the dishes would just pile up. And so I just started doing them. No big deal. But I would have him take out the trash, which I've always secretly hated doing. The trash has been, I'm just never liked that job. Um, pulling things out and sometimes things want to fall over the top and then carrying it and you hope that nothing, you know, just, I don't like messing with that. So, you know, just having a zone defense of what types of responsibilities you have now here with Matt, um, there are a lot of things that I'll do around the house, but I have set things that he does. And he's cool with that because it's not everything. It's not open-ended. It's not like, go clean half the room. It's like, you can empty the vacuum cleaner after I vacuum because I don't like getting the dust all over me and have it, you know, like cloud back up in the air and come back at me. I don't like doing that part. I don't mind vacuuming. So I vacuum, he empties the vacuum cleaner. So play a little bit of zone defense, see where you can sort things out. Usually it's based on uh, where somebody's already going to be or what somebody doesn't necessarily mind doing. And then everybody's happy, ideally. So the second thing is write it down. Now, I don't do this for Matt because he's an adult man. So I don't recommend that you go writing your husband or wife a list of things to do. That probably won't go over too well, um, depending on your relationship. Maybe they prefer that. I don't know. But for kids, it works really well. So let me paint a little picture of life before the list, which wasn't that long ago. In fact, I would say it was the first two weeks of the whole COVID isolation thing. I was doing what I usually do. I would come in the room and I would say, hey, you left out this, 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 and this. Please go pick it up and put it away. Or gosh, you know, you girls were making brownies in the kitchen. You left all the bags out and there's chocolate powder everywhere. Please go clean the kitchen. And these things, not surprisingly, would usually, if I was lucky, get like half done. I mean, if I really pressed it, then it would probably get like maybe 80 to 90% done. But there was always stuff that was left behind. There was I was always having to come back and repeat and reiterate. And it's like the more times you walk downstairs and have to repeat the exact same thing, the more frustrated you are. But then at the same time, like I can kind of see where my kid's coming from. If I list off six things and they don't remember all of it, or they get started on the first two and then get distracted and forget. So I decided I'm just not going to mess with that anymore. I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to make a list. I drew a line down the middle of the paper. I put one of my daughter's names on one side, my, my other daughter's name on the other side, and I made a list. And for some reason, when I do that, it feels more like a game. It feels more fun, like something that you can check off, like a challenge or something almost. And they they do like so much better when I write it down. Like it's, inc- it's incredible. I can tell them to do the exact same thing. Like here clean off this dining table. 
And if I just tell them to do that, they'll probably do it, but they're not going to do it that great. There's still going to be some crumbs in the crevices. But when I write it down, it's like, oh, it's written down. Now it's like, a, you know, it becomes an official chore. And they do such a good job. Like I'm amazed at the ability that they have to actually make things look really nice, which I would never guess by the quality of their work generally. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, an- another thing that's kind of stemmed from that, though, is that we have a giant whiteboard downstairs that I use for work sometimes. And after writing that first list, my youngest got really into making checklists for herself. So she started by copying the list that I gave her onto this whiteboard. And it's evolved from there to where now she's making a daily plan for herself. I see her down here every night before she goes to bed in her fort, um, listing off what she's going to do the next day. Uh, She'll separate it into categories. Sometimes she'll put like for today and for tomorrow and try to plan a day ahead. It's just amazing, you know, when they get started on a path, how far that path can go. I'm looking, I'm literally looking at this right now. She wrote down her classes that she has for today. She wrote down different types of homework. Uh, She wrote down what she has for tomorrow and things that she needs to get done. Um, Stuff that she put down anytime stuff, like rebuild the fort, um, you know, fix Panda because lovely dog Charlie keeps trying to rip into her sweet toy panda and we we can't figure out why I mean you know yeah she's a dog she tears things up but for the longest time panda was the one stuffed animal that couldn't be penetrated like Charlie would carry her around like she was a beloved pet or baby or something and it's the most adorable thing and then here lately I guess some of the stitches came loose and now she's discovered that there is in fact stuffing inside of panda so anyway the the whole the concept of instead of me just coming in and spewing a bunch of words and getting frustrated and then they're getting frustrated the simple act of writing it down has evolved into this really cool thing to where now my daughter just really loves writing stuff down for herself so that was neat. Um, I, I found that like one of the least effective things that you can do or say is like keep your side of the room clean or clean up after yourself. That's a total fail. It's not specific enough and it's too too general, too general and too vague and, and not fully committed. It's, you know, fully committed. It sounds like some serious infraction, but you know what I mean? Like it's just words. It's just randomly saying something that's not specific and doesn't hold that much meaning. So it typically doesn't get done. And if it gets done once, it's not like it's going to regularly get done. The third thing is spreading projects out. Because I know you, you have ideas, right? You have plans. You're probably looking around your house, maybe even a little bit cabin feverish, looking for anything that you can do <laughs> to to get done. And if you're like me, like I was for that first week, I was thinking, okay, we're going to clean the blinds. I'm thinking of how we're going to get the whole family together. They love it when I do this, by the way. Um, and all of the deep cleaning and spring cleaning we're going to do. And, you know, like separating the blinds, taking down all the shower curtains and bleaching those and all of these little things that you don't typically do all these extra things, right? You got to spread that stuff out. You don't want to over overdo it initially. And also not have things to do later on. So spread it out. And then it feels like, like here lately, since I did start spreading that out, like, okay, you know, today we're going to do the blinds in our bedrooms and then we're going to play. 
and everybody just, you know, we played so much here lately, by the way. We've played Rummy Cube like seven or eight times. We've started playing Hearts. Um, we've played this game online that's like a, a four-person video game type thing called Overcooked, where you work together as a family in a kitchen and try to complete all these meals together. So you have one person chopping and one person frying up the burgers and you're like running into each other. And anyway, it's been, that's pretty crazy, uh, but a lot of fun. So we've had a lot of, a lot of fun. And I think that blending those things in to where you feel like you have so much free time and so much fun time, but then you're also getting these other things done that don't typically get done. It just stretches a lot further. So if you can take those big projects that you're wanting to do, or big spring cleaning type of things that you're wanting to get done around the house and you spread those out like every other day even like today we're going to do this and then in a couple of days we're going to maybe go down to the garage and start doing some hard stuff down there it's a lot more palatable and it's easier to get people on board because then when you say hey you know what we need to go through that storage in the garage yesterday we just play games all day it's a lot easier to get people on board with doing the stuff that most of the time people just don't want to do. So there you have it. The three things that I personally off the top of my head feel like have been the most beneficial for keeping things clean, even though we've been home all day together for it feels like almost a month now, it may actually be almost a month now. Remember those were practice some zone defense, get down your zone defense, sit down and make a list if you want to, which is part two, but sit down and make a list if you, if you want to about which zones make sense for which person. That way, you know, you just, you can have it established. Maybe people can vote or something if you run a democracy and, and you don't think there'll be too many people stepping on other people's toes. However you want to work it, maybe you flip a coin if two people argue on it. Can't tell you how many coins we flipped here, but figure out how you're going to maintain some zone defense. You're not responsible for everything, right? No one person, if you're sharing a household, no one person should be responsible for everything. And it's easier on each person if they already know what they're responsible for. So zone defense. Number two, try writing it down. If you feel like you're going through that whole rut of um, repeating yourself and getting frustrated and having a lot of the repetition happening, see if it works for you to actually write it down, hand it over and just see what happens. Maybe it works for your kids. Maybe it's a bomb. For me, it works really well. Um, but you will know until you try. Number three, is to spread out those projects. That doesn't mean you give up on your projects. Maybe you make a list of your projects. Maybe you put your projects on a calendar and you have them spread out every other day and nobody else has to know. But make sure that you're using time for just relaxing and playing games. If you have the ability to do something like that, if you have the situation with, you know, like you're not there alone, even if you are there alone, I would say you should work in something where you're having some relaxation and some kind of social or mind stimulating time. But regardless, spread that stuff out. It makes it so much easier. And you'll find that you have more energy to accomplish more stuff. Um, even with work, I mean, I'll tell you, like this past week, I've been trying to get more done, getting back on my game, um, getting more like site work done on my website and planning for these podcast episodes and different things, different projects that I'm trying to do. And sometimes it seems to particularly happen when I'm doing any kind of website work because I'm not totally fluent in that. You know, I don't code. Um, if something messes up, 
it takes me a little while to get things back around to where they're supposed to be. So especially when I'm doing that type of work, I find that I get in this whole tunnel vision thing. Yesterday, I sat down at the computer at 8.30 and I swear I didn't get up until like supper. I mean, I got up to go to the bathroom and get coffee and stuff, but I didn't even take like a full hour lunch. I I didn't play any games. I, I didn't do any of the stuff that I have been doing because I was working on website stuff. And I ended the day with a really bad headache and feeling like, honestly, if I would have sucked myself away from that, even though it was hard, just like pulled myself out of working on that stuff and taken a break or gone outside, I know that I would have come back rejuvenated. Maybe I would have switched tasks and worked on something that was even more important that I could have done quicker. Um, I mean, I know this about my, it's one of those pitfalls that I personally fall into and I think other people do as well, is that you don't stop long enough to recharge. And when you do that, when you do pull back and you stop for a bit and you recharge and you step away and let your brain just totally go to a different zone, you know, like out in nature type of zone or laughing with family you haven't talked to in a while type of zone, it really, it resets and you come back with a different perspective than what you left with and it can get you unstuck. So just I want to put that out there because it's something I went through recently. So if you're starting to feel stuck in any of your projects, whether that be with work or with your home or with, you know, a family situation, if you're starting to feel stuck, try to pull yourself away from it, even if that doesn't naturally feel like you want to do. So those are my three things. I hope that they find you well. I hope that things are awesome in your crib. If you haven't left a review over on Apple Podcasts, please do so. It would mean the world to me. And I would love to share some of your reviews right here on the podcast. Have a great week.